G'day, g'day, it is a Tuesday and welcome back to the Slicks on In The Wet podcast. It's the Turkish Grand Prix edition, what a championship we've got, strategy debacles, lots to get into, let's do it. Welcome one and welcome all, my name is Charlie, this is episode 5 and I'm feeling uh, optimistic. Uh, I think that is the common theme of this year. Very optimistic. Looking forward to this championship battle. Really starting to get to the point here now. Um, not many races to go. I think maybe four. Probably should have looked that up beforehand, but we didn't. And But we're, we're still here. So really starting to heat up. Max takes it back from Lewis. Uh, in he, He's got a lead now, which he probably shouldn't have, but we will get into that uh, mistake by Lewis Hamilton. Uh, so Max currently holds a six-point lead. Which is, to be quite frank, f all, um, especially at this point in the uh, the year, as I mentioned, really starting to get into it, and um, yeah, just really keen to see how how it all unfolds. Obviously, the closest it's been in a, a very long time, so we will get into that, and um, yeah, I think we just jump straight into this Turkish Grand Prix. Righto, as all good race weekends do, we started on the Friday. A uh, bit of a common theme for F1, uh, as in it is exactly what happens every race weekend. Uh, Friday practice, nothing too much to report. Uh, mainly just the, the rebirth of a, of a classic meme. Uh, Kimi Raikkonen had problems with the drink again. Now he's seen, oh, when was that? Uh, maybe was it last year? Oh, no, it might have been a bit before that. Anyway, he... He didn't have the drink, and this year he did have the drink, but in a bit of a different fashion. It was all leaking down his leg, and I mean, if, and if you've heard of Kimi Raikkonen before and how he talks, you know he he didn't really mince his words uh, <laughs> when telling the team that they'd maybe made a mistake, uh, as I'm, I'm as I'm sure he put it, just just just, just a, an easy mistake to make. But uh, yeah, so Kimi wasn't happy on Friday. As you would be if you've just got water pissing down your leg. Um, like better, probably better than it's water than some alternatives uh, that could be running down your leg. I would argue that Kimmy uh, maybe lost sight of the grand scheme of things, and he shouldn't really been glad it was only water. You know, he could have easily pissed himself, but he didn't. So maybe he should be grateful. I don't know. But uh, yeah, that's all that I have to report from Friday. Uh, Friday practice isn't. You know, my favourite of sessions in Formula 1, you know. If I was making up some sort of tier list, probably down the bottom. You know, I might go race, qualifying, practice. Um, but that's just how that is. Sorry to all the practice fans out there. I know you, they come in masses. But, um, yeah, just not a fan of the old, the whole practice thing. Uh, it, it probably makes the race worse, if we're completely honest. But, no, it is necessary. Uh, I just don't really tend to pay much attention to it, unless there's a good Kimmy quote to come out of it, which is always good, which is always what we want. So, swiftly moving on, Saturday, uh, qualifying, an interesting qualifying session. Um, no real surprises, uh, you know, <laughs> we've come sort of accustomed to that uh, over the last couple of weeks. Uh, obviously, George Russell is the main culprit of that. Uh, Lando Norris has been putting some good ones, but... 
pretty simple uh, sort of order uh, as what that we're used to, but um, a bit of a different. It was wet. It wasn't wet. You know, we got all of that, and, th- and there was a few little shake-ups. So Q1, uh, as it all starts out generally, uh, everyone was spinning. I mean, it was sort of it was slicks, but it was a bit wet. Uh, once again, slicks on in the wet. I've managed to chuck that in two weeks in a row now, so that, that's good by me, if, I'm, if I do say so myself. But yeah, everyone was spinning, Stappen and Hamilton. I think it was a combination of that it was a bit wet, but also the rain was coming, uh, like real rain was coming. So they sort of tried to get laps in really early, which means they just didn't have time to heat those soft tyres up. So, you know, cold tyres, less grip see you later you know you're doing 360s and um so yeah that was um obviously makes things interesting uh also q1 a, a very interesting uh strategy call not the first one for the weekend but carlos signs uh knew he was going to get a penalty he uh, took the new engine but opted in for the first qualifying session and managed to put danny rick out which I wouldn't have thought of that beforehand. I, I would have thought, yeah, there's no point. But you don't actually... I just didn't think about what you could do to other people. And, you know, Science did it perfectly. And uh, hats off to Ferrari. There's a few people saying it was uh, maybe not fair or sportsman-like or whatever. But that, that that's the game, you know. So for those who might not have seen it, Danny Rick was sitting in uh, 6... 20... <laughs> 19, 18, 16. Yeah, so Danny Rick was in 15th. Uh, one spot out, one spot clear of the cutoff for Q1, and Science was down in 16th. And despite he was, so, so Science was guaranteed to start at the back, but he decided to go quicker. Uh, I have it go at least going quicker than Ricardo, pushing Ricardo out, and then Science just didn't ever bother going out for Q2. So very smart by Ferrari. Um, and I mean, it was all for nothing in the end. I think once Danny Rick realised that he. Uh, was going to be starting 15th. He took the new engine anyway and started alongside Carlos in the back of the grid. So it was all sort of for nothing, but uh, it was still uh, a highlight for mine. So also uh, another Q1 highlight, Michael Schumacher. He got out of Q- Q1 for the first time in his life, and in, uh, first time in his life, first time in uh, Formula One and advanced into Q2, which. Obviously, we love to see. Big Schumacher fan here. Um, and yeah, he deserves it. Obviously, he's a great talent. We, we've seen that through Formula 2. He obviously took out the Formula 2 uh, title last year. And the, to say he's been a bit restricted in the Haas uh, would be putting it very lightly. Uh, that Haas... Uh, my Commodore could beat it. Big call, I know. But um, yeah, the Haas is maybe the worst car we've ever seen in Formula 1. I, I don't know the history of bad cars that much, admittedly, but, God, it's a bad car. Um, but Schumacher was able to get it out of Q, Q1 and into Q2. Now, that is a good enough achievement, but when you see where his teammate, Nikita Mazepin, was, it looks even better because Mazepin, he was in 20th, which you'd think, oh, yeah, shock. Mazepin's in 20th. Get something new. He was one whole second behind 19th. Now, I think the gap from, like, 
first to tenth is usually about a second. I, I I don't know the specifics of that. I probably could look that up, but a whole second in between two places from nineteenth to twentieth is absolutely huge. And Nikita Mazepin, like he's got his off-field troubles, and you know, I'm not saying they should be excused. You know, people say, oh, I'll just let the racing do the talking and or stuff like that. He's a racing driver. Why are you judging him on that? But he sucks as a racing driver. He absolutely sucks. And like he's just so he constantly, constantly that that far behind. So I've just got the the, uh, the results up here. So for Q one, Hamilton putting in at twenty four five. Um Oh, okay. So, Vettel down 11th at a 25.7. So, the 25.5. Yeah, so, all like Mick Schumacher had a 25.5. He was the second behind Hamilton, who would go on to get pole. And Nikita Mazepin was a whole second behind Raikkonen in 19th. So... I don't know. I mean, I know why Haas have kept him on because he's got money coming out of every pore in his body, but there's got to be a cutoff. Like, they suck. And even in the race, I know I'm jumping ahead a bit here, but uh, Mick Schumacher was spun early, come back, overtook um, Mazepin, which this is for, for 19th. And then I think there were a minute behind the rest of the field and the, the rest of the field was maybe so I reckon 18th was a minute behind first and then a minute back again was Schumacher and uh, Maz being the two hash drivers so I mean I think that hash might be the worst car of all time and Maz may be the worst driver of all time so I mean I don't think you've got to be a mathematician to work out that that's not the greatest combo uh, in terms of uh, good results but I think there is a bit of light at the tunnel for Haas. I mean, apparently they've been working on the next year's car, uh, getting ready for the new regulations for for a long time now. So hopefully they can pull it back out or something. But uh, they're they're in the mud. I think like they it astounds me how bad they are. But anyway, uh, Q two pretty standard again. So as I said, signs didn't bother uh, going out, and why would he? He was going to start at the back anyway, and. He, you know, he didn't feel like he needed to chuck anyone out uh, again. So, which he probably could have, because that Ferrari was uh, pretty quick. And uh, but yeah, so pretty standard there. I think I think we lost the likes of Vettel. I think maybe just missed out. But you know, George Russell obviously made it to Q two again, and he was gone. And so yeah, pretty standard stuff. Uh, Q three, uh, as I mentioned earlier, with Danny Rick going out fifteenth, McLaren. With the team that were a bit off it, I think Lando Norris only got the seventh. McLaren were off this whole weekend, and I'll get a bit get a bit into that a bit later. But yeah, McLaren a bit off it, which is going to happen. I think over the course of a year, you're going to have some some down days. But obviously, wasn't to be for McLaren. Um, Bottas sort of took pole. I'm not sure about the rule of that. There's a bit of talk over the weekend who actually took pole because. We knew before qualifying that Lewis had a 10-place penalty, but obviously he was still going to try and get the highest he can to limit that damage, a bit of damage control, if you will. So 
but Hamilton actually went fastest. So does he get pole? I think he got the tire award. So, but yeah, it's an interesting one. I think I'm not sure who thinks what or what the right thing to think is here, but I think Lewis still deserves the pole award. I think the, you can argue whether he, because of the penalty he knew he was going to get beforehand or whether, he, I mean, he got a penalty for a new engine, I think. Yeah, he did. And um, so that might have helped him get pole. So the penalty, yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, no, nah, I've changed my mind on that. Mid, mid-sentence, I've changed my mind. I think because the new engine, the reason he's getting the penalty could have helped him towards getting pole means that he shouldn't get the pole, official pole award, which really means uh, sweet F all, but yeah, so no, I think Valtteri should be named as pole as he was the fastest with legal parts, if you will. Yeah, yeah, no, that means, I'm happy with that. Um, so yeah, there you go. Um, Valtteri got pole. Um, quick shout out to Charles Leclerc and Pierre Gasly once again. Snuck themselves in that top six. They are way... They're the wing. They're so good. I think people forgot how good driver Charles Leclerc is, especially. I think it's pretty well documented that Pierre Gasly's uh, outperforming that Alpha Terry. But, you know, I've seen a lot of praise for Lando Norris. Um, and rightly so. I'm not saying Lando deserves anything less. But I think the McLaren's a better car than the Ferrari. And quite often, Charles Leclerc is, you know... Can pro- Probably more consistently, not 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 consistently outperforming uh, Lando Norris, but he's consistently there. Like I think Lando has a higher ceiling, but he also has a higher uh, base. Uh, is that the right word? A higher, uh, like a lower base, if you know what I mean. So you often see Norris shoot up, get second or pole, but then he as this weekend down in seventh. Charles always seems to be on the money, getting it there in you know fourth, fifth, sixth. So. Uh, underrated drives and it sort of leads to that point of um especially with Pierre of <laughs> should he get the Red Bull seat I mean obviously I think uh I think Perez was down in fifth like out uh yeah it was seventh oh Norris was eighth sorry I've just messed that whole thing up but I mean proof of point any, even more but yeah Perez was down in uh seventh um, got <laughs> beaten by Alonso actually so it, it, yeah I think they may have pulled the trigger a bit early Red Bull but I think um, Red Bull have been looking for sort of some stability for some time now which I think they should but and, and whether Gasly would want to go back to Red Bull I, I doubt it after well, I mean it's pretty well pretty well known what happened there but I think a few teams have maybe pulled the trigger a bit early on their driver signings, which I get you want to do. You want to lock in drivers, but also if they're underperforming, you don't sort of want to look them in. Perez, I th- I think he's done enough. I don't, I don't think, given a clean slate, he would be the first choice that Red Bull would make, but he's there. He, you know, he's learning the car, new regulations. Stability going into new regulations, regulations is pretty important, so... You can sort of get where Red Bull's coming from, but I mean, I, I've seen a stat: Gasly's uh, outqualified Perez a lot um, this year, and in a clearly worse car. I mean, if the AlphaTauri is better than the Red Bull, or you, if you even try to make that argument, 
you can just don't because so my main point is Pierre is going really good and so is Charles Perez pick it up but obviously he did in the race so we'll get into that now uh, Sunday um, wet Inter's all race <laughs> well sort of we had a, one lap of Sebastian Vettel doing god knows what going on to mediums when it was clearly wet but you know it was later on but um, yeah a wet wet race and one of the I'm not going to say boring wet races but a safety car at least <laughs> I just maybe a, maybe a VSC I don't know, but yeah, was it no DNFs? Especially a whole race on Inters, and we didn't see one DNF or one at least just a spin into a barrier or something like just none of it. Which was, I mean, is it good or is it bad? I mean, it's probably bad for entertainment value, good for the sport. I, I'm not sure, but yeah, it was. Uh, one of the duller, duller, more dull. I'm gonna go with more dull, wet races. But yeah, there was a bit of action early. Turn one, Alonso tried to do Alonso things and got spun by Pierre. Now Pierre got a ten second time penalty for that, or was it five? I think it was five actually. Um, but yeah, very rough. I thought uh, for Pierre Gasly. If you look, watch his onboard, it looks night and day like he should have got a penalty and then you just see Perez was on his inside uh, you sort of see him come through and you're like oh well clearly it's not his fault he couldn't go in because Perez was there but and then ended up having to just hit Alonso but then yeah still got the penalty for it and um yeah very rough He's, he said he got sandwiched over the team radio it sort of looked like he understeered into him but then yeah Perez was on his inside so I, I don't know what more he can do in that situation. I think it's on Alonso making the overtake to to ensure that that doesn't happen. But yeah, so a bit of a weird one for mine. Um, but what can you do? Um, but then Alonso uh, sort of gave it back uh, later in the lap. Later in lap one, uh, he spun Schumacher around. I actually didn't see a replay on that, but from all accounts. I don't think there was one on the broadcast. There may be. There may have been. Um, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, spun him around, and uh, that's obviously when Schumacher went to the back, and you know, I think Alonso held pretty steady. Um, so that always was good there and was good. So, and then Schumacher was obviously way behind, but was obviously able to come through and end up beating Mazepin in the end. So that's um, good signs from uh, the young German. Um Another one to watch from the start. Carlos Sainz, as I mentioned earlier, had to start from the back uh, due to that engine penalty. Uh, he seemed to come out of nowhere. I don't know if he did it all on lap one or turn one or what happened, but he got up to 10th by lap 14. He was in 11th before that and just flew. I think he was just picking off nearly lap every lap at the same spot, just picking off overtakes. And I seen a, uh, a good thing on, uh, I think it was Twitter. Like, you know, Sainz is having a good race when... They actually show it, and it was a bit refreshing to see a bit of Carlos Sainz because it's not often that uh, Sky Sports love showing Carlos Sainz for some reason. But you know, he had a, uh, a great few opening laps. Um, yeah, as I said, he was into the points by lap 14 when he uh, had a dodgy overtake on Vettel, which 
I mean, could have ended better. Could have ended pretty bad if he was overtaking uh, Sebastian Vettel. I think Vettel was the only person in the grid who could have handled that. Sign sort of flew up the middle, and then Vettel was like, "Oh, I'll better, better leave him some room here." Sort of got out of the way, and then Sign's got on the power way too early, lost it a bit, and then nearly, then hit Vettel. So Vettel was like, "What more do you want me to do? I've just given you room. I've let you pretty much have the spot, and then you still bloody." Uh, came across and clipped me back wheel so yeah I mean goodbye signs I suppose <laughs> he, he got the position and um, uh, off he went um, we've seen uh, sort of midway through the lap as uh, Perez was coming up through 7th uh, a good little oh sorry wrong way around Hamilton obviously started from 10th or 11th actually and yeah it was coming through the field he you know found it pretty easy he was way quicker than everyone else uh, I remember, especially the overtakes on Lando Norris come to mind. Just had it done way before the corner, and it's just so much quicker, like one point three seconds quicker per lap, which is ridiculous. And but Perez was nearly able to hold him off. He was coming, and then from pretty much the last sort of three corners to maybe turn three of the next lap, Perez they were, they were side by side. That drag race, pretty much. You know, Honda engine v Mercedes engine um, on the start-finish track. It was good to watch. And I think it was... I've just got a little note here how good uh, Jensen Button's uh, commentary was, which, you know, he's not a commentator uh, very often. He does some work that we've seen for Sky Sports. But, um, yeah, very good. Thoroughly enjoyed having him there. He obviously paired with Crofty. I think Crofty, as much as uh, sticky gets... For getting things wrong sometimes. Uh, Cofty's an excitement machine. He knows how to commentate. He knows how to uh, create create a vibe, if you will. <laughs> um, but yeah, Jensen Button had really great insight, but it was also, yeah, great in moments like that. So, quick shout out for that. And a <laughs> uh, bit better than old Nico Rosberg. Um, I think he might have had his last race after the <laughs> whatever happened. At, I think it was Hungary. Was it hungry? Oh, I don't know. But, yeah, it was a bit weird. <laughs> you know, Rosberg, but, I mean, you do you, pal. But, um, yeah, so loved having uh, Jensen Button there. And, uh, yeah, great call on the Perez-Hamilton uh, uh, fight, which is oh, clearly a highlight uh, of the race. Um, you know, especially in the wet. I mean, <laughs> can't be easy. <laughs> Speaking easy to say from... Uh, my little chair here in my room, but yeah, good to watch. And um, yeah, I did think it, it. I think it makes me even more excited for next year's regulations because I mean, all the drivers say that these, the current regulations, oh, it's too hard to pass. It, you can't go wheel to wheel, or you can't follow whatever. But you know, if we're still getting battles like that with these regs, I mean, sky's the limit for for next year if they do what they say they will. So. That was um, very good to watch. Um, <laughs> then the next sort of note I've got here was uh, scientist Seb. Uh, you know, Seb Seb Vettel is obviously known for doing uh, many things. He's a man of many talents, and he was the scientist. He he, he said, uh, "Let's see how these mediums go," and let's just say, not one of his more successful uh, experiments. You know, his hypothesis uh, probably wasn't proven 
the way he wanted it to be. You know, he, he pitted, he came out, it looked very wet, um, but, you know, he came out and yeah, it didn't end well <laughs> at all uh, within the lap. He was back in, putting on into, <laughs> I think he came over the radio and just sort of said, yeah, it didn't work. <laughs> and uh, I don't think anyone was surprised by that. I don't think he was. I don't know what he was thinking, but eh, it is what it is. Someone has to do it. And, um, you know, Seb Vettel was the one. But, uh, yeah, and then sort of getting to the pointy end of the race now, strategy, drama. Uh, it was very interesting, uh, the sort of the no-stopper that came into to sort of action. And I don't, oh, no, I did know, but I didn't, really think it would ever happen I, I knew that the rule wasn't you had to make a pit stop it was had to you had to use two compounds of tires which in the wet you don't have to because i mean it's there's only one set one, one compound of tire for the conditions otherwise it just becomes unsafe so um yeah so they only had to use inters and if you wanted to use the same pair of inters for the whole race i mean go for it we've seen ocon actually made it to the end i mean his tires were uh, very worse for wear. I looks like a massive hole was just in one of them, but you know they held up. So I mean, <laughs> you do you. Um, but yeah, so it started getting talks of. I think if he didn't pit early, it was sort of now. It sort of got to a point of now or never with your pit stop. So Leclerc uh, was leading the race for a bit, and he sort of thought, oh, "Can we stay out?" Because he. I mean, if he had it, if he had it, had the pace, he would have won, <laughs> probably. But it looked as though pace was dropping off, and people were pitting for new enters, and they were sort of nearly a second faster than those on on the old sort of almost slicks at that point. So Leclerc pitted early, and then it was a weird one where the tires go through, and this was this was where Jensen Button's insight was actually pretty cool. They sort of they're good for a bit, and then they die off for like five laps and then they come back to life it was it was a weird thing we've seen Leclerc go through that and then Hamilton obviously we've seen he held off the team the team was telling him to come in and then he said sort of said no 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 and then he eventually did come in and when he did he um lost so many places which I, I think if they didn't go early when they originally said once he made the decision to continue, they they shouldn't have brought him in because he just didn't have the time to make it up. And then, obviously, the tyres went through with that, that weird phase, that five laps where I said they die off. And then it was nearly Gasly Norris looked like half a sniff actually passed him as well. So, you know, he dropped uh, right down the, the order as, um, which was like tough for him to take because, as I think... Uh, I think, yeah, they said in the commentary box that they were pretty sure that Hamilton didn't know he was going to lose them sort of places. And uh, there was a radio message that uh, came over. It was Hamilton's engineer sort of said, Gasly's behind you. And he's like, why have you done this? And which, yeah, so tough one. I think, as I said, I think, once they couldn't, once he didn't come in early, they had to leave him. Um, you know, I don't think he was ever going to make it. Uh, ever going to make be able to make back up what he would have lost if he stayed out? If you know what I mean. So, 
because you lose a good 25 seconds on a pit stop and I don't think you're going to lose 25 seconds by staying out on them old inters. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, tough one for Hamilton, especially with Verstappen sitting up in second. Um, he would have known that he was probably going to concede the championship lead, which can't be easy. Uh, I mean, don't think that's the best thing he would have wanted. I mean, don't think he would have, you know, opted for that in that yeah, at breakfast that Sunday morning. But it's what happens. And um, yeah, so he was obviously furious at his team, which is stark contrast to how he was last week when he was. Oh, thank God I came in. Thank God the team. As soon as the team stuff up. No. Nah, I'm going with Clarence. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so. Weird one. Um, I think it is partly the team's. I think it's his fault for not coming in early, but I think it's the team's fault for bringing him in later. So, yeah. Um, yeah as I mentioned, I mentioned Ocon's uh, zero stop. And just a final point. Uh, Dan Ricciardo, I don't think they mentioned this at all he sort of had a good he pitted for new inters and then sort of didn't look like he was going well but then really came the tyres came to life and he really made a push and he was sitting like 11th with like 3 laps left looking to pass Stroll in 10th and then by the end of it two Alfa Romeo's had passed him and he was down in like 12th or 13th I I don't know what happened he must have spun but I was good. like, it was a good drive from Ricardo to make up them places. But yeah, yeah, he shit the bed at the end there, which was I don't know what happened. I just wanted to mention it because I noticed it because I was watching him like, oh, if Ricardo can get points, he'd just be unreal. And then it looked as though he just died, which I mean, these things happen. What can you do? But you know, that was the Turkish Grand Prix. Max is back ahead, six points, and uh, Bottas win, obviously well-deserved, didn't really mention it there, but I didn't really think I mentioned it all, Bottas won, um, double double podium for Red Bull, so Perez was able to call it back, and a um, bit of a redemption day for, for Sergio Perez, I think, I mean, I think I've first put my hand up that I've been pretty critical of uh, Sergio, especially after getting re-signed, but, you know, he proved he's still got it, and um, he, he has done that during this year, and I think as I said, I think he is the right call uh, at the moment, but, you know, he does still need to prove that, and, um, you know, he did this weekend, and uh, so did Valtteri, I mean, he's obviously on the way out, but, and, uh, yeah, so, exciting stuff, uh, overall, pretty good race weekend. As per every other week, we've got uh, predictions to react to, uh, so in the last podcast, I... Uh, predicted what I thought would happen at this Turkish Grand Prix and we'll just run through um, those now and we'll see how it went. So I had Saturday, I had uh, Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton and Lando Norris, uh, top three. Not, mm, not yeah, not my best effort. Uh, obviously, Verstappen had him first, he was in third. Lewis had second he ended up uh, taking pole but Norris was probably the thing that let me down there I had him a third I had a, a good um, sort of weekend plan for McLaren and yeah he finished eighth so he was nowhere near it so can't really give myself a tick or even a half mark there so pretty poor uh, Sunday 
uh, the race. I had Max Verstappen winning, followed by Charles Leclerc, followed by Lewis Hamilton. Don't hate that one, uh, actually. Um, purely, I mean, I know obviously Max didn't win, and I know Lewis wasn't even in the top, in the top uh, three, but having, I mean, Charles Leclerc finished fourth. So, to know that he was going to be in the mix, I mean, it's pretty obvious he's going to be in the mix, but I had him for a good race. Finished fourth, just outside, so I'm counting that as a half mark uh, for mine. Um, as I said, Charles Clerk, very underrated, which is weird for a two-time race winner, but anyway, um, but yeah, the, the headline, I said McLaren and Ferrari would be within five points. Now, I thought, I think at the time, they were around 16 points, uh, that gap is now seven and a half. So very close, um, but not to be. I think, uh, yeah, Sainz finished in eighth. If he got a few places higher, well, I needed two and a half. So if he if he finished one place higher and overtook Norris, I would have had it, but wasn't to be. Very close, but wasn't to be. Um, Mazda spins. I had him for one. The official uh, website, mazaspin.com, uh, had him down for two and a half during the weekend. Now, what happened in that half spin? I, I don't know, but we're going with the official the official books, the you know the Mazaspin uh, Championship Association. Uh, we'll go with their official numbers, and they yeah had two and a half down. I only had one, so missed out there once again. I don't think I've got one of them right, but. Yeah, so not some not the worst reaction, not the worst sorry predictions I've done, but uh, certainly not flash. Right, it's time for my favourite segment. Before we get into my other favourite segment, the, the Slick Seven, I want to talk about the Aussies in the Aussie review. Just for just a quick one, um, Danny Rick, obviously the the front the poster boy for Australian motorsport, just wasn't there. Uh, this weekend, I mean, obviously, he qualified terribly and then took the engine penalty, which sort of hides the fact that he wasn't flash. Um, but, uh, yeah, it wasn't the best race from Danny Rick. If he had got maybe, like, Signs managed to get into 8th from that 19th. Um, yeah, if, if he had managed to get points, sort of, you know what, fair enough. But, yeah, he finished uh, down at 13th, so... Not the best, but it was a pretty off week for McLaren as well. So, I mean, obviously Lando only managed 7th in the race and qualified 8th, so, which is um, behind where McLaren want to be. So, not all on Danny Rick, but, you know, certainly not the, the highs of Monza that we've seen him uh, be able to achieve this year. So, Danny Rick, yeah, pretty meh, but not too bad. Um... F2, probably the most talk Australian, uh, talked about Australian of the last sort of month or so in the motorsport world. Oscar Piastri, still, that Alfa Romeo state is still open. Um, yeah, it's a lot of talk. I think this sort of stuff coming out now that sort of money doesn't talk as much as we all thought with uh, Zoo going to get the seat. Obviously, Zoo is coming second in F2. Piastri currently leading still. Um, so, a lot of talk there. Will Giovinazzi keep the seat? Uh, obviously, Piastri is a Alpine 
academy driver. So there's talk that, um, you know, Alfa Romeo sort of don't, don't want to pursue a Piastri due to, you know, every chance he'll just come in and then leave for Alpine. So it is tough. I think I still think Giovinazzi should keep that seat, but if he doesn't, uh, and Piastri doesn't get the seat, and like if Piastri doesn't get the seat, sure. But if Zhu does, uh, we riot. And and that is a message to Alfa Romeo. Um, I'm going to get, what is that, 26 million Australians. I'm going to get, you know, say maybe some have work on that day. I reckon I can get 15 million Australians to uh, sort of storm, storm the Alfa Romeo headquarters, sort of uh, American capital style. Maybe not. Maybe we just go down there and ask them politely. If you can please uh, put our boy Oscar in the into that seat, I'm I'm sure they'd be reasonable people down there at Alfa Romeo. I'm sure they'd have their reasons, and but you know we we will come in numbers, and uh, that is an official warning. I uh, wouldn't take that lightly. If I was you, Mr. Romeo, I'm sure that's your, I'm sure that's your name. Uh, but yeah, Piastri has to get the seat soon. Uh, like, no, nah, he doesn't. He doesn't have to get the seat, but. It's a bit more respect on his name. There's just no like he's leading F two by by a bit now after he won the last two races. Like Mick Schumacher was a shoe in for a seat. I don't think has Piastri had an F one test even? I feel like he has. I feel like I read that somewhere. But even then, like, come on. But obviously seats are pretty tight and young talent is in abundance in Formula One, so it does make it difficult and Look, I do understand, but can't help but get emotional for our boy. So, praying Piastri gets a look in soon enough. And now it's time for everyone's favourite segment. It is the Slick 7. This is where I take uh, seven things uh, and sort of list them because I can. And no particular order, except I'm going to make it a rule now that the Slick 7th is the best. The rest can put them in whatever order. Um, but yeah, so one of seven. Oh yeah, didn't even mention it. It's the best one-off liveries in uh, in honor of that white Red Bull. I think that looks so cool, and it would look so cool at Japan. Uh, obviously, the Honda ties uh, to that Red Bull team, but it won't feature here. Uh, I'm just sort of saying that now, not because it wasn't cool, but just to get some other uh, in there. I think Red Bull do make up a fair chunk of this list. You know, they're not scared to do some wacky stuff with their uh, delivery. So, uh, one of seven. We actually do have a a, a Red Bull entry. <laughs> Words, Charlie. Uh, it is the Star Wars livery of Monaco 2005. If you've seen it, the car isn't actually... I mean, it was 2005. It's a much different time. Um, I was three. Personally, wasn't critiquing uh, F1 leverage at that point. Um, but yeah, so different time. The The main reason it's on this list is how cool the, the pit crew were. They're all stormtroopers. Now, I've seen about three Star Wars movies, but I know that's cool. They were genuine stormtroopers with the stormtrooper helmets on. That, what more could you ask? Imagine the team did that today. That'd be sick. Uh, the, the car itself was, I mean, left left a lot to be desired, but 
the rest of the crew look cool. I mean, I'm not sure if it's cool Star Wars stuff, but it it did what it intended to do very well, and that's all you can ask for. Um, the second uh, number two of seven is a probably a surprise to most people. It's, it's Alfa Romeo from Monza this year. The the only reason I put this on here is because of how terrible the Ferrari livery is, and how well Alfa Romeo did the Italian thing, um, and just pretty much showed up Ferrari. And it's like this is how you do a livery. I I hate the move. I hate the burgundy on the Ferrari. Not so much as a concept, but it's so poorly done, it's not even a gradient, it's just like a hard line, it looks so bad, I hate, like, I, Ferrari pretend like they're so, oh, we can't do anything with our car, because it's just a red car, you can, early 2000s Ferraris looked cool with, like, they had the green in there, there was a bit of, a bit of a green and white sort of incorporation, there's still, still the red Ferrari, of course, but they had a bit of, um, bit of personality or something and then so to see Alfa Romeo pull off that Italian uh, livery so well was like a big sort of wake up call for Ferrari I hope because that Alfa Romeo looks sick I mean the Alfa Romeo livery this year is already one of the cooler ones like definitely on the grid this year and uh, recent years I think as well so um, yeah so when they added that sort of the green and the the white and the sort of the more ready red, um, if that's a typical artistic term, uh, to delivery, it looks so cool. Uh, the three of seven, uh, going back to 1986 at Portugal, the McLaren, uh, the Marlboro Yellow. Um, if you know, if you, if you think iconic uh, F1 liveries, the Marlboro Red McLaren was is it's right up there and I actually hadn't seen this until I started to do a bit of research today. The to pr- to promote the new sort of brand of or Marlboro bringing out a new line of of products and they just changed the red to yellow and it looks so cool. Um it was sort of it's just a white with sort of yellow um sort of triangles nearly <laughs> it's it's very simple but works well, especially because of how iconic how iconic, sorry the uh, the Marlboro red um, livery is so changed to yellow looks equally as cool uh, the four of seven uh, the Jaguar which I believe is pretty much just another Red Bull entry uh, the Jaguar diamond um, livery Monaco 2004 I'm not sure if they actually changed their livery but what they did is put a genuine diamond into the nose like just sitting on the nose of the car which I mean that just screams like piss off money. Like they, they just want everyone to know that they piss money and you know, look good doing it. I mean, ironically, they actually lost the diamond. Uh, I can't remember what it was. It actually crashed, and the diamond went missing. I think there is a very rich marshal out there, and they know who they are. And um, no, but good on them. I would have done the same thing. They've nicked the. Uh, and I think it's come dislodged, and they've just. Picked it up because it never recovered either. So, I mean, shout out to that marshal who obviously stole the diamond, but got away with it. Um, so that's good by him. Uh, five of seven. I think every. Oh no. So the next two are preseason Red Bulls. So five of seven is the. They called it the Camo Bull. It's 
this is more of like a context sort of thing. It didn't look good. It's sort of, so what it was in pre-season 2015, it was white with like black, heap of like black lines. It sort of looked like an Islander tattoo with like these different lines and um, sort of patches and uh, different sort of, oh, I don't know, like swirls. And then all the, the logos were sort of incorporated into that. It just sort of looks like it's like white with a heap of different like black lines on it just going every which way and it looks cool but the reason it's on this list is because it was actually because it's pre-season testing they don't want to give away too much of about their aerodynamics and that so they thought if they just sort of make it a little sort of look real trippy teams won't be able to tell which aerodynamics going where so i mean apparently it didn't work at all and i don't <laughs> wouldn't expect it to but yeah i mean Love the effort. And it actually looked really cool too. So, and just following on from that, 6 of 7 is the... I th- oh, This one was so close to being the 6th, 7th, but I couldn't do it. But the blue sort of camo of the Red Bull in 2018 preseason, just look it up. It is the coolest low. It's sort of black, and then it's sort of got this blue camo on it but it's not camo it's like a with i don't want to sound completely stupid it's like a digital camo if that makes any sense of like a dark blue and then it's got like the white bull on it it looks so cool just look it up it's pretty everyone's got google got your phone in your pocket um yeah just look it up so cool and finally the the slick seventh it has to be Easily the best livery I've ever seen on a car ever. It's the Golf McLaren from Monaco this year. Need I say more? It was in honour of, uh, I want to say, 50 years with Golf, the oil company. They, uh, It annoys me that that's not their actual livery now because it looks so cool. The, the overalls were cool. The whole, every bit of merch that come from that was cool. And, yeah, so, it was just, it's so good to look at. But, yeah, that's the Slick 7th for another week. Um, Look forward to continuing this train because, I mean, what a train to be on. The Slick 7, let's go. Rightio, as we sort of wrap up this uh, podcast, uh, we look to the United States Grand Prix next week, uh, the Circuit of the Americas, uh, sort of a balanced track in terms of uh, power or downforce, or downforce. Sorry. So, um, some predictions. Um, so purely gut feel again. I'm not I'm no good at it. I'm just sort of hoping I'll guess and then get one of them right. I'm just I want a three right. I want a bang bang bang, all right. Just one of them would be make me make me day. So qualifying, I've gone for Stappen, Bottas, Hamilton, because um. They are fast drivers. Why have I gone Bottas over Lewis? Uh, recency bias, that's called, because Bottas won, and I think he deserves that mantle, the very coveted mantle that is the slicks on in the wet predictions. Uh, Sunday, uh, I've gone Lewis, Max, Pierre Gasly. Once again, I don't know why, I think he he's, he's been hovering around and I think we're due for another ghastly miracle, as we've seen uh, 
where do we see that? Monza. God, that took me way too long to think of. Monza 2020. And uh, a Gasly Miracle is inbound, I think. So, yeah, also go on Hamilton, Max, then Gasly. Uh, headline you will see, I've gone... So, obviously, Saturday, I had Lewis starting from third. And then Sunday, I had him winning. So, my headline is, Lewis gets Bottas and Max at turn one of lap one. Um, once again... I don't know what actually what side. See, a real good F one podcaster would know which side the third grid spot is and whether that's on the inside or not. I'm gonna stick with it, but hopefully it's on the inside. So you have a better chance, I reckon. But anyway, that's uh if that one comes true, that's gonna be the best one yet, because not only does that require Lewis getting two people into turn one, it also requires him to start third and have Bodass and Max ahead of him. So, I mean, if I get that one right, I might just end the podcast there. Um, and quickly, as per always, Mazda spins. I've gone for one. I, th- I don't, I don't know why. I'm really confident on that one this week, though. I don't think I've got it right yet, but I'm really confident on that. So, uh, stay tuned. Radio, that about wraps up this week uh, for Slicks on in the way. Thank you all so much for listening. Um, any feedback is always greatly appreciated. I don't think the video is going to work this week either. Uh, I've got the setup. I've got the, the camera. Uh, it's all good to go. But during the, the the recording of this, I've ran into a few issues. We will work them out. Um, but yeah, uh, I think they will hopefully get a few clips out of this. I know I said that last week, but uh, yeah, as I said, clips are the way to grow this thing through TikTok and whatnot. So hopefully um i'll get that all sorted and um but yeah as i said thank you all so much for listening um if you enjoyed let me know if you didn't don't let me know because that'll hurt your feelings or do let me know you know maybe i need to be bring back to earth a bit but yeah um yeah so i'll see you guys uh after usa grand prix on the tuesday thanks